living the authentic life with this amazing, beautiful Texas Texas princess Houstonian. queen. Houstonian. Do you prefer princess queen? Um, I'm a Contessa, so I like to okay. give titles to people. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, you're a sugar plum fairy. For sure. My mom is, the goddess is still alive. So if you're not the goddess, what comes next? The goddesses? No, I don't know. The, I don't know. The princess, but the, what? Lauren Anderson, she is a Texas, but specifically Houston treasure. You have been, you're a native Houstonian. You went to Lamar High School. Redskins. <laughs> Love that. And you have danced with the Houston Ballet since you were seven years old. Well, okay, so I started in the academy. Okay. The, in the Houston Ballet Academy at the age of seven. And then I graduated from Lamar. I took classes up until I graduated from Lamar. And then I got in the Houston Ballet Company. Oh, okay. So, and then that meant I was a professional dancer, right? That's... That means, well, I can't say it means you're in the Nutcracker because I was in the Houston Ballet's first Nutcracker at seven because they have kids in the Nutcracker, right? So, they yeah. do. Yeah. And the students are in the Nutcracker, actually. There's probably more students than there are company members. <laughs> and it's such a great opportunity. Bella was my, our 14 year old daughter. She was only in the Moscow Nutcracker because that wasn't as many. Only. Well, because it wasn't as many commitments because to right. be in the Nutcracker is only. a huge. For sure. Time commitment, emotional commitment. You as, give a student, because, as a student. Because, well, as a, as a professional dancer, it's your job, so, right, you're doing it. But as a student, it's a commitment for sure, Some, something that you're not used to. So you have your ballet classes as a young dancer uh -huh. that you come to maybe once, twice, three times a week. And then as you get older, you have more classes a week, right? You have more classes, you have more ballet classes and more days, point, modern, whatever. And then you start partnering with a guy. So then you have more classes. And then by the time you're doing five, six, seven, eight classes a week, you're retired, you are uh, graduating from high school. So then if, when you get in a company, now that's something totally different. That is a nine to five, five days a week. You come in at 10, you take an hour and a half ballet class, you got a 20 minute break, then you rehearse for three hours, you got an hour break, you rehearse. It's, a, it's an eight hour day. You dance eight hours a day, five days a week. You don't just come on the weekends and, and like, you know, take a couple hours here and a couple hours there and then go shopping. And, oh, no. Yeah, no. Oh, but no, it's, it but almost it's, seems it's like... It's a full-blown thing. You're more committed to things because you're at class and doing dance when you're younger. Right. So when you're younger... It's more time constraint. You have your eight hours of school, then you have your additional... Oh, for sure. It's like that, being in the Olympics, right? So it is. if you're a kid that's training for the Olympics, you're, if you're training for the Olympics, you have your job that you do or whatever, and then you train. And then you do the Olympics and then you're done. Well, as a dancer, you do that and you, you're you always in the Olympics. You never get out of it, right? So the performance is the Olympics and all the training in between is your training for the job. It's and then you found a way to take all of this passion and then continue it after you weren't the thing, the, <laughs> the thing, the so goddess, the, the reinventing, the, the reinventing of oneself. So we are athletes. So as a dancer, you're an athlete. Um, it's just like being a football player, but we don't run into each other. Perfect example. We have the same injuries you do. without concussions. That's yes. the difference. Okay. So it's a young art form. You can't do this until you're, 
Well, we used to say there are no 40-year-old quarterbacks, but what's his face? He's about 47. <gasps> He's just bursting He's just all busted, the, yeah. Busting all the, yeah, breaking all the records. So, you know, generally the average age of retirement is 26 or 29 for a dancer. By wow. the time you're 30, it hurts. It hurts. Yes. It hurts. <laughs> For and, real. For real. and you broke talking about breaking stereotypes and boundaries. You were the first African American lead ballerina in Houston. The second, I read in, anywhere, yeah. anywhere in the, in the world. Well, and Ben Stevenson talked to you about how oh. I read your body wasn't that the way you looked wasn't that of what he thought at the time was a ballerina. Oh, and I agree. I agree. Because I agree. you are curvy and ballerinas well, I'm are much more, more curvy now. We we've made some purchases. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. But but as a as a I wasn't that I was curvy, it's that I was really, really muscular. And it was the yes, way these I danced. Arms, girl. It wasn't the body, it was uh -huh. the way I danced. Uh, so people get it twisted. And, okay. and but 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 at that time it was all about the skinny, skinny girl, right? Yes. It's still all about the skinny, skinny girl, but the skinny, skinny girl with curves now. But yes. you can pretend like you want a meaty girl. And I think meaty girls are really attractive. <laughs> I love some curves. That's why I bought some. But I think the idea in your brain, it's just because if you're dancing eight hours a day, five days a week, you're not going to have much body fat. Oh, right. But I was muscular, but it was the way I was dancing. I kind of danced, I would say, like Conanna on point, right? You can't be Conanna. You need to be graceful. You can be muscular, but you need to be graceful. And I think that was more, more his, of what he, was saying. what he was saying. But I have heard people say, black girls can't do ballet. They don't have the right body. Your behind is too big. You've got this, that, and the other, all the things. But every tutu I've ever seen covers up the booty. Every single one. I've never seen a tutu that wasn't fluffy, that didn't cover. I mean, I'm just, anyway, we could go on. But, but I think what was awesome about Ben is he said, this is what had happened was. Tell us the <laughs> real story. Let's get real. So my dad went in to find out, as parents do, we are put here to embarrass our children. We are. So my dad went into the office and said, so, Mr. Stevenson, will Lauren be a ballerina? We've been investing in this for uh -huh. years. She's 13. We, she's been here since she was seven. Is this her thing? And Ben said, he was honest. He said, well, no. I think musical theater would be good mm. for her because she can sing. She has, a, she has a good personality. But she should keep taking ballet because if she's going into musical theater, if you have a ballet training, you have a better chance of getting more roles. She'll be more successful, so keep training. But I don't think that she, I just don't look at her now and think she's going to be a ballerina now. I was devastated, because at that point I decided I wanted to dance. So I left the office. I don't know what they talked about to this day. Dad comes out, I said, you know, Daddy, I don't want to take those classes anymore. <laughs> I was very Catherine Hepburn. No, <laughs> anyway. Um, I so love that woman. He, I do too. I love him. She's, yes. But um, he said, oh, no, you're taking those classes because mm -hmm. I've paid for them, number one. And you don't quit anything. Go to the end of the year, then we make a decision. So I said, okay. So I'm sure I pouted. I was a teenager, so I'm sure I was teenager yes. oh, yes. for a couple of weeks. I'm sure I pouted. And then, but I loved it. I loved it. And I really wanted to be a ballerina. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, I 
will train here and then go to New York. That was my idea. I'll go to New York and dance at Dance Theater of Harlem where the other black people mm. are, where they accept a booty or whatever it is. So long story short, honey, I didn't have to go anywhere. I changed the way I worked and um, he made me Alice and Alice in Wonderland. So, okay, let's fast forward. Same year, same year. Uh, every, we have a student show, like the school program, the spring show. So every kid in the Houston Ballet Academy is on the spring show. Unless your parents say, no, we can't make the commitment. Okay. So we go to the board, the, the casting comes out. We run to the board to see who's going to be, what your role is going to be. The year yes. before, I was in the lobster quadrille, and I was a flower or something, right? It's Alice in Wonderland. So I go to the board and I look and I don't see my name on the cast list. I see Alice Anderson, but I'm figuring, you know, Alice is white, so I'm figuring some, some other chick coming in with the last name of Anderson. I look down, there's nothing. So I'm thinking figure, you didn't make it. Hey, I'm the only kid in the school that didn't. He just told me I wasn't gonna be a dancer, so I figured I wasn't. So I go in the office, I have nothing to lose. They don't want me, that's what I'm thinking. I go into the office and I say, Mr. Stevenson, why am I not in Alice in Wonderland? He goes, darling, you're Alice. And I went, er, I can't be Alice. Alice is white. That's literally, I said that. I said, I can't be Alice. Alice oh, I have white. chills for you, girl. And he looked at me and he goes, darling, you're a dancer and a dancer dances. The only <gasps> color in art is on a canvas. Oh. And I went, child, I'm Alice. And I walked out of there. Oh, God. And Cheers. I got to do yes. Alice in Good. Alice in Wonderland. Wow. So, Someone believed in you? He believed in me before I did, for sure. Yeah. The person that said you probably would, I know. So what happened is, wow. he says sometimes you don't know where you fit in. Mm -hmm. But every role is important, right? Mm -hmm. Alice was the lead chick. But, it, and, but he's, it, was, it was amazing. It was amazing. So I got to be Alice and Alice in Wonderland, and that was the little bit of hope I needed to keep going. So I trained here, I took Pilates, I worked differently, I did everything I could to lengthen my muscles, and girl, lo and behold, I auditioned, got in, and then became a soloist three years later, a principal for 1990, became the first black principal dancer in the mm -hmm. Houston Ballet, and he made me a star. Wow. He believed in me before I could, gave me all the tools I needed to be successful. And I love that and you're- And told me the truth all the way through. Exactly. When I was the Sugar Plum Fairy, he said, okay, now look, you're first in the company, I'm gonna make you the Sugar Plum Fairy, but don't get it twisted. They're expecting you to fail, the audience. They don't know, they haven't seen a black Sugar Plum Fairy. He said, but just know that you have to be better than for people to accept you as equal until you prove yourself, mm -hmm. but you need to be better than anyway. That was Ben Stevenson. That was my dad and been seen like the combo of that was but there's so many things that i want to go back to first of all is your parents i think that makes a huge impact Absolutely. and what you're doing in the community for kids that might not necessarily have parents right i That's think is too. changing and using your platform and what you were able to break through to make those changes and to pull the kids through because i know um, my daughter is a freshman in high school and she's struggling with a lot of being a teenager, a lot of emotional challenges, but two teachers have really believed in her and are pulling her through all the chaos. And I think you're doing that by showing kids that life doesn't have to be what people tell you it is. You can change your narrative at any time, of course. But the thing is, 
there's a lot of kids out here that aren't allowed to be kids. Uh -huh. So they're in uh, horrible situations. Okay, so they either have one parent and that parent's working all the time. So they have to be at home with their brothers and sisters being the ki being the, the adult. Parent, right. Right, so there's that. Or um, other situations, mental health, uh, addiction. Uh -huh. I mean, there's all kinds of things. Or just being um, in a janky situation. Right? Like School is not easy. No. Growing up is not easy, right? Especially with COVID added to the well, mix. And then there's that. Girl, we hadn't even talked about that. I know. We, so this is before COVID, right? When you could I mean, actually all be together and have connection and dance. Connection's important. And people didn't realize how important connection was. The problem with that is, with COVID, is people tend to isolate. And then you find mm -hmm. these things to do alone where you don't need connection or where you feel you don't need connection, but yes. you do. Mm -hmm. And that's... Uh, creating a lot of uh, space for mental illness and alcoholism and drug abuse and uh, isolation, which is depression. It is. And do you feel that being connected to dance helped your mental health? Okay, so being connected, I have been doing what I have loved to do since I was about 13. I can't say ballet is what I loved at the age of nine. Okay. Or at the age of seven, at the age of seven. At the age of nine was a time when I saw my first black ballerina and I was like, oh my God, I wanna be that. I didn't know, sometimes you don't know you haven't seen it until you see it, right? So that I was like, oh, I wanna do this. And then something happened, whatever. I, hormones changed, I turned 11. Who knows what happened that day? Uh -huh. And oh, I think I discovered violin. And I was much better at the violin than I was at ballet. And so kids like an easier, softer way, right? Yes. So then there was that. So I wanted to quit and blah, 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 blah. All that said. Um, so did your parents ask you to choose or did you feel that you needed okay. to choose? No, my parents asked me to choose because they said, well, if you're going to do this, you'll need private lessons. And we're not going to give you private lessons in both. You can't commit to both. So pick one. So I said, oh, my ego. I'm so good at the violin, I can pick that up at any time, I'll dance. <laughs> Which is so not true, because I can't even play Mary Had a Little Lamb right now, but yeah. So that's how, kind of how that happened. And I think it's fascinating, Malcolm Gladwell says 10,000 hours is when you become an expert. And so you probably put in 200,000 uh, hours of dance. Oh, maybe, maybe more than that. More probably than that. more because than I'm, that. I'm 56 and I've danced since I was seven. I've danced a lot since I was about 12, 11 or 12, right? When I became mm -hmm. an mm -hmm. intermediate student. Mm -hmm. So since, I would say since that, how many hours I put in, and I'm still, you know, I don't do it professionally. Well, I'm still, I'm a master teacher now. So now yes. I teach, so I'm still doing it. Right. And it would be hard to teach without have, to, have done it yourself. Well, you have to learn it, you have to know it. I don't and think how, you can do something you don't know. Right. I, right. I completely yeah. agree. And I think it's... But you don't have to have been a professional dancer because there's some people that learn, that dance, and they've studied it and have a love for it, and they go to college and get a degree in it and know way more than I do. I understand the performing aspect. I do understand kinesiology, and I have taught since 1987, so I've been doing it for a while. And I'm a good teacher when it comes to just relating to kids. And it's all about the kids. 
when you can leave your ego, like really leave your ego at the door, then you become a good teacher. Because I taught from 87 on, and I didn't really become a good teacher until I stopped dancing. Oh. Because I stopped performing in class. It wasn't about me anymore. That's so interesting. So I think, you know, to be a good teacher, it needs to be about the student, and you need to be able to teach the student that's in front of you. There's not one way to teach people. There's not one way. Everyone has a different way that they learn, that they are inspired. has a different experience. They're bringing their experience to the room. So you get to, to weed through that and teach their experience. That's the soul. That's the person you're teaching. And I, I read mean, that. there's technique. Right, technique. right, right. To teach but, that. But, but at a certain point, it's beyond technique. It's beyond technique. And uh, I've read that being a leader is taking people from where they are to where they've never been before. To where they've never been. And giving them all the tools to be successful. Is that not awesome? Ooh, goosebumps. Ooh, girl, honey. Yes. it is. That's a great leader. Yes. That's a great leader. You can be a good leader, you can lead. You can mm-hmm. be a good leader, but you can be a great leader. And a great leader can see how to empower people to be their yes. best. Oh, absolutely. That's how you f- form an excellent team. And I think it's um, it's so incredible that you're able, you were able to, at that time in your life, figure out what you could commit to. Because I feel like, so there's well, this- I, as a kid, Oh, that, that you were just committing for out. a moment. Oh, oh. Right? So they said, you get to pick one. And I said, well, okay. I'll pick ballet. Because that was more of a challenge, I think. And I had a... So as the violinist, you get to make music. Mm-hmm. And I think an exceptional violinist probably becomes music. As a dancer, you get to interpret the music. But an exceptional dancer becomes the music. And I love music. And I love moving. You see, I probably haven't stopped moving seven times. Right, probably happened. Um, it sort of put that together, and then to tell a story without using words. Yes, because dance is storytelling. Rob never really loved dance until we went to Vail. I told you that's where we that's fell right. in love, or he fell in love with dance. I grew up loving it and being inspired by it. But I thought what was so amazing there is that they're putting so many different types of people together who do what they do best. Right to the same song and it's so magical. And that's the incredible opportunity we have now in 2021 that we didn't have before. And you just put together this amazing um, performance for the city of Houston. So you do take people from all different sections of, um, was that for the society of, you were telling me about this, that big event that John Cangelosi went to. Oh, all oh, right. The, okay, so the Houston Arts Alliance. Houston Arts Alliance. I didn't want to look at my computer, but no, I couldn't right. remember the no, name. Okay. No, no. So the Houston Arts Alliance Gala is called Immerse. And we uh-huh. take, and I believe there's, well, I don't believe, I know, there's so much talent here in Houston. It's yes. amazing on all fronts. Music, dance, visual art, I mean, everything, design, um, spoken word, poetry, writers, I mean, just... Uh, There's just so much. So, the event is for the Houston Arts Alliance. I'm on the board of Houston Arts Alliance. And it's called Immerse because Uh I feel that you should be immersed in the art of Houston. So our Uh fundraiser is called Immerse. And we had Uh spoken word, we had dance, we had Uh uh, opera, we had a 
a singer, like a band. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just, we had everything. It was wonderful. Yeah, take it all and have an evening of being immersed in art. Absolutely. Because and for a good cause. Because we, the money went to disaster um, relief for artists in Houston. Because we had Harvey, we've had COVID. We keep having these disastrous things happen and the arts go away. What's the first thing to go? The arts, because people think it's expendable, but it's not. You know, there's artists. We all need art in our lives. There's artists that do the art. People need to survive. So anyway, so that's what, yeah. I mean, I could go on about it, but mm -mm, we have so many. So know. many other things. Yeah. Okay, so um, you go out and you meet with kids. Tell us a little bit about these My experiences <laughs> in your job. Yeah. And like what, maybe share a few of the greatest moment or like what makes you um, have goosebumps. Chicken Tell skin. us about. My grandmother calls it chicken skin. The goosebump yeah. moments with these kids. Wow. Okay, so I work in education and community engagement. I'm the Associate Director of Education and Community Engagement at the Houston Ballet. My title is long. Long, girl, and okay. illustrious. Well, I don't know about illustrious, <laughs> but it's long. Because I, <laughs> I teach in cafegematoriums with ketchup and, and syrup. On the floor. I mean, you know, but whatever. that's where the learning that's happens. That's where the learning happens. So uh, I get to go into schools and underserved communi communities. Uh-huh. Well, Houston Ballet brings programs to these schools. Okay. Right. And so we have one program called X3, and I call it, uh -huh. it's Explore, ex Explore, Extend, Excel. Um, and I get to, we get to, uh, they get to dance. And then after they dance, they get to perform for other students and their families. So we take wow. an entire grade level, mm -hmm. and I call it up, up, down, down, because it's just one, two, three, four, five. I mean, it's, yes, know, the basically. water warms up and turns into gas. It's evaporation, evaporation. How fun is that, right? And you it's learn about the water cycle. Oh, yes. Right? So, because um, we have a lot of English as a second language. Right. ESL learners, and we have kinesthetic learners, and then we have visual learners, and we have textile. I mean, so we work with concepts mm -hmm. and help the kids get the concepts because they have to take that horrible thing called the star test Yes. And, and I get it. You have to know where the kids are, whatever. So, uh, but they need to move. Kids need to move. So if you can learn and move and have a good time and become self-aware and work on social emotional learning. I mean, if you can do all that in an hour with a kid, yeah. So what a takeaway from that is mm -hmm. I get to give scholarships. We give scholarships wow. to students mm -hmm. through a number of a few of our programs that um and they get to come to the houston ballet and become a student at the houston ballet academy so they get to be in the nutcracker at the end of the year blah 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 blah. all of it all the feels and change a life it's an opportunity that they would never have had i mean ballet lessons are expensive dance clothes are expensive right they are there's a group uh, called celebrate the beat and fail where they do the, th the same thing in the summer yeah. and they it is it's interesting to me that some kids have never even had the experience of dance. Like they've danced with their well, friends in the streets, but they've never. Well, well, how would they get to a theater? How, exactly. Okay, so you got to pay a phone bill, a light bill, and a, and a gas bill, and you've got to feed your family. What money do you have to go downtown and spend 80 bucks on a ticket to see the Nutcracker or see whatever? You don't. No, it's not that's gonna not, happen. That's a luxury. It is. Where it should be a right. Yes. Every child should have high quality arts education, period. And it's such, there's so much to creativity 
and allowing you to think in a different way. If we're critically, it allows you to think critically. It allows mm -hmm. you to have self-esteem. It gives you all the things you need to be successful anywhere in any business doing anything. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, because you have to work hard, teamwork, all the things, all the things, all the fields. So you have a huge group that you're also managing at the ballet. So you're, and I've learned how to say that. I don't know that I say it correctly still because of my Texas accent, but um, the <laughs> ballet instead of ballet. Oh, well, you make it sound like belly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, well, ballet or, and ballet is so Texan because I'm sure they say the ballet. Exactly. You know. I don't know, but I'm from Texas too, girl. So I know. So ballet. you're not being critical of that. Nope. So, um, one of the most incredible things, so I met you and had lunch with you, but you don't like to tell all your accolades, but girl, you're in the Smithsonian. I mean, what the heck? I mean, how, what? Was that the, what? what? Yeah. Tell I that story. I still, okay, I still, yeah. Wow. Um, so I get an email, okay, so this story's kind of funny. Hold on, let me sit uh -huh. back here. Yeah, lean right. on back on the so, cozy um, pink couch no, where you belong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He might be sleeping in a I know, minute. <laughs> I know. So I'm I'm at the ballet and I'm working on whatever program that we're about uh -huh. to take to whatever school mm -hmm. and I get an email mm -hmm. and it's from someone named Timothy Ann Burnside mm -hmm. and uh, we would like to have a pair of your shoes and some of your memorabilia blah 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 in the Smithsonian National African American Museum of History and Culture that's going to be built. So this was 2015. That's okay. going to be built in 2016 or maybe it was even 2014. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, this is a, a scam. Somebody's yeah. trying to get so my shoes. A, well, no, not my shoes. Just somebody's <laughs> trying like, to get yeah. into the account. I don't know. Yes. So I see a number oh. at the bottom. So I call the number, right? So I dial the number. And she goes, Timothy Ann Burnside, Smithsonian Museum. And I went, <gasps> and I hung up the phone. <laughs> because I thought, oh my goodness, it's real. It's real. So I email her back. And, um, Wow. She comes, she goes, well, I'm down, I'm coming down to pick up Carl Lewis's, I know, to pick up Carl Lewis's medals, nine gold medals. I said, well, wait, he won 10, 10, not all gold, but right, medals, right. Yes. Olympic medals. Yes. She goes, yeah, well, remember the first one? I said, that's right. It's married, buried with his father. Aww. I know. So she goes, well, I'm coming down to Houston to pick that up and to pick up a couple of other things. Can I come to the ballet? So I connected her with the PR at the ballet, and she came and got all kinds of stuff. And I have a costume that's going to be there. My Cleopatra costume is going to be in the museum. So she's got my shoes. So she's got the last pair of shoes I wore as a Sugar Plum Fairy when I retired. Oh, did that make dancing. you sad to part? Did you no, get I thought it was an honor. Yeah. I, I, I was still teaching in those shoes, wearing them to teach in point class. But Who I, are you? I ha yeah, I had no problem. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. So. The museum opens in 2016. Mm -hmm. It opened in 2016, and, and I took my son. I said, honey, okay, you're coming to, your, to the opening of this. This is kind of historic, right? Mm -hmm. So he had to, his, his teacher said, okay, well, you've got to take pictures. His history teacher said, well, go here, here, and here, take a picture here, and write a report, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah, and with your mom's shoes. So we go the day before this, four, three presidents and their wives, Patti LaBelle is singing the whatever, so, I mean, it was stars at Oprah, you know, she gave, I don't know how many million dollars is the Oprah Winfrey theater there and on and on. So it's a huge thing. And so, did you meet all of them? No, but, huh. Okay. Well, I, I, I was there. So, yes. okay. okay. So 
I emailed Timothy Ann and I said, uh-huh. okay, so my son needs to get in to see the shoes before the gala opening night because he wasn't going to the black tie thing, but he was going to all this other stuff. She goes, well, let's see. I got 15 minutes between. Okay, so Patty LaBelle's got to get in and do her sound check, and Usher's coming through. To the, we can squeeze you in 15 minutes. So she, okay, so my she's talking to my manager. So my manager says, okay, we got this time. Let's go. So we all go. My son is there. I said, just, I said to her, don't mention Usher. Just don't mention Usher, because mom is not as cool as Usher. So don't mention Usher. So he goes, oh, mom, I can't wait to see your shoes. We get there. She goes, okay, so we got to go because Usher, Usher's going to be here in 10 minutes. He went, Usher, mom, can I stay here and wait for Usher? I said, no, honey, we're doing this for you to get in and take this picture. He goes, but I want to see Usher. So anyway, we get forget in there. Mom shoes. Forget mom shoes. We get, in there. Mom we get to the third floor, whatever, which is the sports floor. So she's kind of taking us through really quickly. The sports floor was so cool. Like, you know, Muhammad Ali's gloves, the oh. torch that he oh. carried for the Olympics, oh. um, the the gold medals, the gold and silver and bronze medals. Uh, of, uh, yeah. Anyway, you know, all these things, all these major things. We get up to the floor called Taking the Stage, and, and I'm vibrating. And I don't see, like, my picture on the wall and the video. There's a video of me dancing, whatever. I don't see, because it's all kinds of stuff. There's Right, and you're Allen so distracted. And, and you're I'm just like, like, squirrel! You know, I'm all over the yes. place. Yes. And we get in, and there's an Alvin Alien thing, and all of a sudden, there's this huge case, and it says Dancing of Harlem. Because my circle goes full circle with their, oh. sir, with their story. Wow. So in the case, Arthur Mitchell was the first principal male principal dancer ever, right? Uh, and he was with New York City Ballet, which was huge, in 1950-whatever, or 60-whatever. So he started Dancing of Harlem in 69, and I, that was the company I saw where I decided I wanted to be a dancer when I was nine wow. years old. So I told them that story, so they said, this is where you belong, you belong in this case, because everything, <gasps> everything in the museum goes full circle. Well, they have his bronze ballet shoes, uh, his jacket. I mean, it's Arthur Mitchell, the man that every black dancer goes, oh, because he's our yes. savior, right? Yes. So, and there's a picture, and I'm Sugar Plum Fairy there, and next to him are my shoes. Wow. My point shoes are right there. My son, says he looks and he goes and he goes and he looks he goes those are my mom's shoes you oh, guys those God. are my mom's shoes my grandkids can come here and say oh that my gosh their great oh my gosh shoes wow. Right wow 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 that mm. so when i think of the smithsonian to this day i go to my son saying how proud my kid was mm-hmm. of me is of me that means so much and how old was he then so he's 18 now well, we got to do math she's making yeah yeah math. yeah like 14 like he was in the 14 uh, or 13 or something. ugly teenage years where i am not that you're ugly he belly you're cute, beautiful but he was goofy, yeah. yes he was yes cute and goofy, yeah, yes right, those years wow usher's cool mom isn't and did then he, when he got there so he, did he get to meet no usher? no no because no, we Aww. went no Same we were thing. having a, a family I, I was so touched that my 13-year-old son was... Like, so moved by your accomplishment. That's the best. Because he's grown up in the theater. His father's Kyle Turner. Mm-hmm. His dad is uh, was Luther Vandross' last saxophonist. So, wow. he, I mean, he doesn't know. I mean, you know, he, he has no clue. When Wh- Wynton Marcellus calls him and says, okay, 
because so, Lawrence is a drummer. He's a jazz oh, drummer. Oh, okay. And he's at Florida State University now. Oh, that's right. No, so, yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 no. I said, I, I'm going to do that inappropriate thing. Yes. I, mean, I know that's inappropriate, but I can't wait to get a stance and do yes, that. Yes, right? I know. But, um, yeah, so his world has been in the theater and jazz bars, and that's just, he doesn't know. Sonny Emery, who was the drummer with uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, gave him a lesson on Zoom. I mean, he just doesn't, he knows, he gets it, but he doesn't get it. So he's at school, he goes, Mom, the girls figured out who you were. I said, what girls? He goes, the dance girls at FSU. I'm like, wow. Oh. So come to find out they were studying me in a history course or something. Anyway, whatever. So yeah, that, I, it, it's, my son brings me back down. My son brings me back down, for sure. And you and do I, have I'm another love in your life. The love of my life. Oh, I like that. Tell us about how that happened. Okay, so um, I'm in recovery. I have 12 and a half years sober from alcohol you go, and drugs. Girl. Boop, 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 boop. So, um, yeah, I met my husband on the back row of Alcoholics Anonymous. It can happen. It can happen. Yeah, I was never getting married again. It just, I, my focus was going to be on my son getting through college mm -hmm. uh, and teaching as much as I can and then learning as, even more about teaching and different techniques and on and on. And then God kind of said, you've asked for this person. You've asked for this person. This is who you've been searching for. And here he is. And he loves me for me warts and all. I don't have to perform. I don't have to pretend. Amazing. Yeah. But my picker was off. Mm. The beacon that I had going up because I wasn't being me. I was trying to please all the people and yes. do all the things. How were how you able to achieve success in the midst of that journey? Like success as a dancer. Well, okay. So how do, how were you able to differentiate well, all that? Well, the success happened before oh. I hit rock bottom. Okay. I knew retirement was coming. Um, a lot of changes. People don't like change. We mm -hmm. don't handle real change well. Mm -hmm. We like to be in control. I shouldn't say we. I should just talk about me. I no, it's true change. for human nature. I don't handle change. I want to control things. I want to uh -huh. fix things. I'm a fixer. I'm an absorber. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I want to please everyone. I mean, that's how I was living my life. Uh -huh. That's exhausting. Yes. So what brings me center? What I thought brought me center would, would what change is going to change the way I feel about myself? So that's how I, and I have this addictive personality, right? Already. So I have the disease of, of addiction. I just have that disease. So once I start, I can't stop. Mm -hmm. Which uh, is a blessing and a curse. Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse. So my once I start doing dégagés and hitting fifth positions and whatever, I can't yes. stop. So the, great, that's good when it comes to being repetition with what I'm, mm -hmm. what I'm doing technically, but it's not good when it comes to things that destroy you, mm -hmm. right, that can destroy you. So. And I mean, even that way with sugar, like once I have a little bit of ice cream, I want mm -hmm. more. And then tomorrow night I want more. And then I want more. And then I want cookies. And I want, it's, yeah, it's, it's the devil. <laughs> it's the devil. I mean, I still have the sugar, mm -hmm. but it's, I mean, you know. Anyway. So what is your health regimen now? Is it involving? Move, eat, be happy, and love. Aww. That's my health. In that order. 
Mm-hmm. Because that's what it, it so I'll actually no, not in that order because it ends okay. with happiness. So okay. movement yes. is way important. Yes. Every day you need to move. Movement is life. You got to keep, mm-hmm. you got to keep moving. Um, eat, eat. I'm a foodie. Eat mm-hmm. what tastes good. Mm-hmm. But if it's not healthy, find that healthy thing and make it taste good. <laughs> so oh, when I good. cook, that's yes. what I think of. How do okay. I do that? Right. With less butter, less salt, less this. So the best of the freshest Mm-hmm. Um, uh, serving size is important, mm-hmm. right? You don't just, you know, I will have chocolate, but I don't, don't have the whole box of chocolates. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, love, authentic, like really love, like find things that you love to do. Find something, passion is important. Passion is important. We are a passionate species. We're pack animals and we're passionate pack animals. Right? What's the pack animal side of that? Pack. We need to be each other. We need yeah. to be oh, together. together. We're pack yes, animals. Yes, we are. are pack. We're, yeah. I think I shared this with you at lunch. I've been researching blue zones where people live to be 100 years old. Oh, right. In these certain areas. And seven of the nine characteristics are about connection. The other two, moving. You have to move. And eating from the land. That's right. But so many are about connection and love. Okay, so so love, okay, I get goosebumps yep. again. I love my son, so there's that love. Family love, yes. I love what I do. Yes. Not many people do what they love to do. I couldn't believe that, right? Not many people do what they love to do because they don't find out what they're passionate about. You got to try stuff. You got to go somewhere you're not comfortable going. Yep, and see, and I feel like when you love it, then you can push through the hard You'll mundane hard. times because hard. you know that you're going to reach that flow again and you're going to get that feeling. Well, okay, so get that feeling. There we go. So endorphins yes. are important. Oh, yeah. Food, sex, love, happiness, thing, 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 euphoria, all that. Crazy. Hiking. You're hiking, hiking now, girl. Girl, look, I didn't think I wanted to walk anywhere. I live in Houston. <laughs> I ain't walking nowhere. I got a car. It's hot. I don't want to sweat, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I sweat for a living. I perspire for a living, so that's good. You, but I love hiking. Glow. I love Colorado. I love Utah. Uh-huh. I love, no, I love Houston. I'm not moving. We got it going on here in Texas. Amen to that. And there's so many wonderful places. So yes. during COVID, yes. we We've drove that to even, Montana. We oh drove my gosh. from Houston, Montana with the dog. Wow. We said, okay, uh-huh. this is in the beginning when we uh-huh. didn't know what was going on and how uh-huh. many cases or whatever. There was like three cases in the state of Montana. You were like, let's, let's go, go there. We're safe. So we got in the Tahoe, got the dog, yes. packed enough crap uh-huh. for 10 days, and we and we mapped it out where okay. we started at 5 in the morning or whatever mm-hmm. and ended at 2 or 3 so we could see the places we were going. And I wanted to go to Montana via the Grand Canyon because I'd never oh, been. So we just wow. went west. So you know you got to hit I-10 for a while. <laughs> and we were not quite kind to the Navajo Indians, might I add, because there's no water. West. There's no water. No. There's nothing. There's like, it's like red rock and some cactus and a lot of uh, FedEx uh, trains and whatever. But anyway. Did you go by the Prada in Marfa, Texas? The Prada sign? Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's not a funny place. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I was like, er? I didn't, it didn't. Yeah, I saw that. I did see that. Okay. You you got me. Focus back. You're driving there. Okay. So, but it was wonderful to see how uh, much beauty we have right here in the United States. We don't have to really yes, go anywhere. Yes, we don't. We don't. It's wonderful. So then we went to Cloudcroft, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Cute little lodge thing there. Interesting. 
Um, then we went to the Grand Canyon, Arizona, and then we did um, Salt Lake, and then we went to Montana. Stayed there for a couple of days. I taught Zoom in a dance studio with no kids, but Zoom in a dance studio. It was Love nice that. at a friend's place. Then uh, Chris played a little golf. I went to the spa. Yeah. Yes. And then we came down straight. So we went through Colorado, and that's mm-hmm. when we went, oh, Colorado Springs. we got to remember to come back here. And little did I know. I was going to be getting married there in a year and a half. Anyway, so then we come down, and then we went through Cheyenne, Wyoming. Uh-huh. Then we went stopped in Lubbock, and then we came home. So, I mean, it wow. was... Yeah, but it was wonderful. It was, and, and we just don't always take the time to do that. And, and I, that was and brilliant. I, and I said I would never... I do not want to be in a car longer than three hours. Mm-hmm. Look at you. You did I mean, it. I would drive. I mean, you know, I'm from... Houston, Texas. We drive, right? Yes, we drive. We do. But as I've gotten older, yes, I will fly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but no, it was great. It was it was a good road trip. And so I'm married to Chris Danaway. I'm Lauren Anderson Dash Danaway, Mrs. Um, and that was kind of the thing. It's like we got along really, really well. We get along really well anyway. But we didn't kill each other. Yeah, you're like. In the wow, car for that's my stick. Yeah. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. A lot of talking, a lot of quiet times, a lot of meditation, a lot of reflection, and it was wonderful. I think it that's the best part of COVID is that we could all take time to reflect. Take, we could all take time. time. Absolutely. So, on that note, oh we goodness. are running out of time. So, the we last. Have do, we have to do a part two. We, gotta do we, a part we two. got to, girl. So, Living authentically, you meet so many people from around the world. Mm. How how do you know it's real? How do you know relationships are real? How do you know people are real? Like what well, what is kind of your? I I tend to disarm people right away, take them off the hook right away. There's no I, I don't know. And I and I say that because of the social stuff that we're going through, that we've been going th- that we've been going through. Girl, we never got out of it, really and truly. I don't know why people are so surprised. Anyway, that's a whole nother thing. But like we've never, evolution is not just the earth. <laughs> Evolution's people, right? We we've got to we got to learn how to live together. Mm-hmm. And and when rules change, and um, Pretty soon, it's not going to be a problem because everybody's going to be beige. Because everybody's yeah. mixing. So that's true, yes. <laughs> so when rules change, so that's what I mean uh-huh. by rules change, and we're allowed to be our authentic selves, you can't lie. You can't lie. I always say when you're performing, as a performer, when I'm coaching dancers, I'm like, you need to tell the truth. You need to be whatever it is that you're going to be, and you need to tell the truth. The audience will come back, clap, and come back if you become the music and tell the truth. Uh-huh. Right. So and then because they'll believe you, they'll believe the performance. That's when you that Oscar winning actor or actress, when you see them, you that is they're living their truth right then and there. And it feels real. Mm-hmm. So you can feel that mm-hmm. kids the same way. You know, oh, yes. They're the same way. So disarming someone so that they have, feel safe to be able to be real with you. How do you do that? You're real with them. It's just like a smile. When you smile, generally somebody smiles back. They do, and I found that. Whether they feel it, believe it or not. People mirror your behavior. If you're forgiving, if you're kind. Generally. 
Generally. Not always. Generally. But most of the time. Yeah. yeah. So just be. I love that. Allow yourself to be. It's hard. And that's why it happens later in life, because you got to go through all the crap to get rid of the crap. Be the crap to get rid of the crap to know what you don't want to be anymore. So and I think that's you. what young kids are um, not with. sure about. They're struggling. That's because they have that phone. And they believe that the life is perfect. <laughs> and they don't know that everyone's going through crap every life is day. Not a t okay, so on, on, and I say this, you see the perfect jeté or turn on Instagram. Yes. How many times did it take that did person to, to do that, right? Yes. How many times did they do a take three, a take four, a take five, a take yes. six? A live show, you're only as good as your last show. So you're only as good as you show up in your life. Mm -hmm. It is how you show up in your life day to day, right? That's authentic. How yes. you show up as yourself, right? And we also have to put the bat down. We beat ourselves up because we're not like, we're not as good as, we're not as, just be. You don't have to be as anything. As what? There's not another you. The one thing that makes us, the one thing that makes us all the same is we are completely different. And if we allow ourselves to be that different, I know, I How notice beautiful. it when I drop my daughter off at school and everybody has on the same shirt. <laughs> I mean, not that on a well, uniform. That's a uniform, right? And then they're also, but also the, um, even when they go to a party, they all have on a tank top and a skirt and their hair is cut the same way. And I think that, um, that once you get out of high school, then you can start to be on your own. You start own. to, yeah. I think it happens in high school, right? So middle school, Some they all want to be the same. Some out, yeah. So in elementary school, kids don't care. They're, they're closest to the source. They're just, they're just themselves. Kids are just right. themselves. They don't care. They're most My son, yeah. um, they've got a pack of kids that they still hang out with. They started Aww. out in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. Honey, which one's Jacob? He's got brown hair. Okay, so that eliminates <laughs> two people because two are girls, okay? <laughs> which, which one's Jacob, honey? Well, mommy's got glasses. Okay, so that takes it down to two. I'm thinking, is he Hispanic or black? Which one? There's but, a white kid, two Hispanics, three blacks, and two girls. So which one? He's like, Jacob, I don't know, he's got glasses, Mom. Exactly. So they think of they it totally differently, it different. than, yep. which is wonderful, because that's the generation that's that going really to make it happen. Yeah. Okay. Whatever change needs to happen. Well, you have made change, and you have inspired us all, and you made me cry many times today with beautiful... Uh, you did tear up. I was yeah, like, don't do girl. it, girl. If one of those tears drop, no, we're, we're because gone. It's just um, because you are so real and raw, and you are so talented, but you've gone through hard things to get here, and that's what people need to understand, is it isn't automatic, and it no. isn't given to anyone. No. Real success is earned through the effort and through Work. the journey and the willingness to overcome adversity. Willingness. And you have done that, and you connect with so many and you're such a blessing to our city and our state. Girl, I need you to come to my house every morning and tell me that so I feel good about myself. And, but all don't we all have to oh, of course. help but each we other? We have to do it. We have to do it. Yeah. And we have to inspire other women and men. And a People. big shout out to Adam People. Andrus, our amazing, Adam, beautiful you made me look good, sound engineer. <laughs> and Danette in the background who keeps it all going out to, the, to everybody out there. All right. Lots Thanks. of love to everyone. Uh, seeing you after the holidays, living the authentic life. Take care.